Hello, everyone. I am excited to start to post a lot more podcasts. I have more time in my life. I'm in a really grounded place. And so I'm going to bring on a lot more of my awesome friends who are incredible channels and powerful women. And I asked one of my friends named Melody Joy Mystic to join us today and to just begin to talk about the feminine dynamic that I have been talking about a lot, the opening of the heart and how you come into more balance within. And so in our conversation today, I kind of let her go for it, talking about astrology coming up in the year of 2022 and also the process of the heart opening experience that women and and men, but women particularly, are going to be going through um, over the next decade as the consciousness on earth changes. And this is important for all of you because you're the mothers, you're the holder of this frequency. And this change is incredible as you go through it because you, as I discussed in Alchemy of Becoming, you have to go through all those thought processes that take you away from your heart, all the mind, all the projections, all of the uh, polarities. And so we talk about a lot of this today. We talk about sabotagers and and polarity and uh, the ways that the things that take us out of our heart. And we talk about the ways that we enter your our hearts. And it was just a really beautiful conversation. If you want to contact Melody, everything is in the notes. If you want to contact me, um, you can reach me at mysticalmotherhood.com at, or you can also email me at mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com. Both Melody and I are on Instagram. If you want to work with either of us, she's an amazing astrologer and can read your chart and she's doing a special right now. So go to her um, on Instagram at Melody Mystic Joy. And then you can find me on at Mystical Motherhood. And, and if you have anything you'd like to be talked about on this podcast, please reach out and let me know. If you want any of my books, you can find them on Amazon, Alchemy Becoming, Mystical Motherhood, and Fertile. If you like this podcast, please leave a five-star rating. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood podcast. I have my guest here, Melody, who's going to introduce herself and this was spontaneous. Um, she's an incredible channel and a powerful feminine force. And she has been on this podcast before, but I'm going to be more active now. And I'm going to start bringing on a lot more channels to, to begin speaking with you. And there's a few things I've asked her to speak about, but she's going to bring in astrology and probably some information from the Costa Rican jungle she just came back from. And I'm going to let her introduce herself now. Hey everybody, I'm Melody Joy. I'm an intuitive, an astrologer, and a transformational life coach. And I am connected to our divine collective consciousness and constantly downloading and channeling and listening into what's taking place in our evolving humanity currently. So I feel that a lot of people are, I mean, a lot of people are going through a lot of different things. Like we know that relationships are being challenged between the feminine and the masculine, whatever form that is, father, daughter, mother, son, you know, or within the relationship. Uh, This crowd tends to, the people that listen to this podcast tend to be mothers, And so there's a lot of identity issues that come up. 
a lot of, you know, finding, you know, who they are in motherhood versus who they were while working. Can you talk about like astrology in 2022, what to expect and especially around these kind of issues? Definitely. Um, you know, first and foremost, 2022, when you look at it um, in numerology, it's sixth year. And the number six is resonant with light and kind of on this deeper esoteric metaphysical level in the tarot, it's connected to the card of the lovers. And the lovers depicts the divine feminine and masculine energy. And that third thing that's created between that balance is the child, you know? So the child doesn't necessarily have to be a physical being. It can be a project or it can be, you know, a book or um, many different things. But in order to have it to take place, you need to have balanced feminine and masculine energy. So I see this as being a theme for 2022 for everybody. And it will play out differently depending on people's different stories and narratives and experiences and upbringing. And yes, relationships are a huge part of that, of course. That relationship within ourselves, between our own divine feminine and masculine, and then that predominant energy that we hold. And for your listeners, it's probably mostly women, how we embody that feminine counterpart to that masculine energy. And for those who are on the path to conceive, how that energy can magnetize the right partner, the right counterpart to create what's being birthed. And on an energetic level for the collective, what's being birthed is actually the same right now. You know, we, we are all different, but we are all part of an earthly humanity. And so we're connecting to a very similar vibration and we're in a wave of change and transformation, as we all know. And um, one of the major astrological signatures that I see in 2022, as it relates to this feminine and masculine balance um, in ourselves and collectively is... Um, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces. And this takes place about every 13 years. But the last time that this happened was in 2009. And Pisces is this kind of Christ consciousness, not necessarily Jesus Christ, this human or biblical person. It's an energy. It's an energetic force. And it was, a fir- it was first initiated and brought to earth around that time, 2009, the last time that we had this um, conjunction or meeting up. You know, when two powerful forces come together, they create something. And in the sign of Pisces, it's very spiritual. So this unifying principle of masculine and feminine is coming to birth something spiritual. And in 2009, it was the Christ consciousness energy, which is very masculine, but Christ consciousness energy also has a feminine counterpart because God is neither man nor woman. So that equal counterpart is the Shekinah. So this is the year of the feminine. And I, I really, I almost want to cry right now because I feel it so deeply in my heart that it is an awakening of the feminine heart. In a an awakening, an activation of the feminine heart that has been long forgotten but has been emerging since that 
2009 to 2011 Christ conscious activation on earth. And so in a very practical way, it is the way you can see you as a woman and the role that you play in your life and reality today. And many women, I'm a warrior feminine spirit. I am, I just have a lot of masculine energy and it's been beautiful and helpful a part of many women, contemporary women today, is that we have subdued and repressed our own feminine energy, that's Shekinah force, so that we can embody that masculine doing nature in our lives to be professional, to um, hold jobs and house and community and children all at the same time. But what it's done is it's atrophied that divine feminine space and heart. And so now that that energy is here and it's coming to earth, um, mostly 2022 is going to be a huge influx. It's going to be very, it's going to be very bittersweet. It's going to be beautiful and expansive because it's this feminine God consciousness or energy that makes us feel totally in our hearts and connected and aligned and in flow. But if you're maybe like me and you have a lot of that masculine energy, there's going to be places in the heart that are going to break open as you release that masculine energy. So it's going to be bittersweet, but it's going to be another year of transformation as kind of 2021 was in a way, except for 2021 was more about changing our mind with COVID and everything that took place. And 2022 is more somatic. How do we actually change the resonance in our bodies and our cells and our blood? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when you said, I have a lot of questions from that. So when you said 2021 was the year of the mind, was that like working through the mind's belief systems and thought patterns that are conditioning? That's what you mean by that. So what she means by that, anyone who's listening is I talk about this a lot on the podcast is in order to get into the heart, you actually have to move through. I talk about it also in my newest book, Alchemy of Becoming. You have to move through the mind's belief systems that will drag you back into your past consistently. Mm-hmm. And the mind will be tested over and over and over again to become purified so that you can release. I mean, if you agree with me, Melody, to release those patterns that keep repeating in your life that are usually trauma based or conditioning from your childhood. Once you can see that they can't grip you anymore, then it's easier to go into the heart, but you have to move through that pain that's from those thoughts. Um, At least that's what felt like 20, that's what 2021 was kind of about, right? Now for 2022, what are, what does this new feminine look like? Like, and what would that be on a day-to-day basis? And what are the things that would take women away from it? Like, what are the challenges? Like, when I think of the challenges around it, I think of the seven deadly sins. And I have a lot of examples, like, you know, greed, I don't even, gluttony, all the different things. Those are the things that tend to take me back into the mail. That's the best way I can describe it. And that's how I believe my next book will play out. But it's, those are the things that kind of, and those also have polarity, the, the seven deadly sins have polarity. So then you can go, you know, let's say you can go from chastity to too much sex or mm-hmm. gluttony to not eating enough. And I think with women, there's this really deep polarity between the two, right? The masculine and feminine. And that's what I feel I'm moving towards in 2022 of balancing these, you know, two polarities. So if you could talk more about that, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah. First, 
a lot of the mental changes, as you were discussing, it is this alchemical process of releasing trauma, of releasing limiting belief patterns, behaviors, and narratives that no longer serve us. But as that deconstruction process has taken place, there's also an energy or force at play that wants to uphold limiting patterns and beliefs. And you're going to see this in society at large. And yes, it correlates with greed and power and dominance over other people. I mean, there's been tons of controversy with vaccines and just that separation and duality, regardless of what side of the fence that you're on, just being in that polarized state destabilizes your energy through the mind so that you are just in this fear state. And so that first and foremost is like what has to be addressed. And so if you're a woman and you're wanting to drop into this deeper space, you're going to navigate naturally from that masculine energy because in polarity, regardless of the gender you identify with, the masculine is the container. It's the safety space and the holder. And if you don't have safety in the world that we live in, and guess what? Everybody's been challenged in the last couple of years around safety. So if you don't feel safe, you're going to immediately go to that masculine energy to create safety in your own, your own life. Maybe that means, um, you know, more money or, um, you know, less community, more isolation, all of these different ways to protect self that deny self access to in intimacy and community. And a lot of that isolating behavior is um, focused on safety, which actually keeps you stuck in a fear conditioning or resonance and the feminine is messy. You know, I mean, childbirth is messy. It, it, it blasts all of that wide open um, to, to be in that experience of surrender and letting go. And so women are going to, to access this energy, need to let go of that being in the masculine narrative of trying to control and find safety in their life. And that surrender is a process. And it looks a lot of different ways, you know, in a culture that promotes burnout with work. I mean, that's one place you can look at it and say, oh, okay. And this has happened to me. Like last year, I'm a, a frontline worker. I work in the healthcare industry and medical professionals are being exploited right now. And that's been a theme for the last couple of years. So how do you fight that exploitation? Some people are just like, I'm done. I'm just going to leave it all together. And so some people have done that, you know, and for me, I, I can't financially do that. So again, like, how do we find the balance? You're talking about these seven deadly sins and how can you, how can you find that middle way or middle path and not be held to the extremes? And that is going to look very different for each person and every person's unique mental, emotional, physical configuration, um, and for me, it meant like, okay, how can I, how can I start negotiating, speaking up for myself and using that masculine energy to have more time and get paid more money? And, and in that process of using a little bit of my masculine energy, it's opened up to have tons of time for my feminine energy. I don't, you know, I work in the hospital two days a week and I get paid twice as much now. You know, I had to negotiate that. But now that that's there, I've used a little bit of my masculine and not all of it to fight the system and just show up five days at work and say, I, you know, I, I this system is repressive and just stay in that fear and fighting, which is a lot of women who hold masculine energy, that warrior archetype. So I've let go of that. And now in all the time and space that I have, I'm writing, 
I'm having my tea with goji berries in the morning. I'm going for walks. I'm sitting on the beach. I'm sitting in meditation. I'm doing a lot of my own personal transformation shadow work in relationship to my relationship, to the core beliefs and values that I held with my own personal father. Not that I haven't been doing spiritual transformational work around my family dynamics for two decades, but this is like another layer. So that's one way, just by saying at work, hey, I need more time, I need more money, and creating that space, I've opened it up for my feminine energy to start to expand through that messy kind of birthing process. And so, you know, part of that mantra of embodying it is allowing life to be messy, allowing things to just be in flow and be in flux. You know, when you say this, so what comes up for me, and that's my masculine, the masculine part of me that's I'm letting go is I feel like it's never enough. Like I'm never like what I do is never enough or what I, cause I've done so many action things in my life. Mm-hmm. I've done so much doing, I've gotten so much done so quickly, mm-hmm. almost to the point that my mom's afraid because she's like, what else is there for you to do on this earth? Like you've done it all, you know, she's like, don't leave, you know? And mm-hmm. that kind of freaked me out. Cause I, I thought about Guru Jagat who did, did, and did, and did, and did this. She was my teacher. And and in her aura, I did a lot with her, you know, mm-hmm. and then she left the earth. I don't know why this is coming up, but maybe mm-hmm. she just was, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why she did leave that, but that's kind of like the feminine embodied, but, beca- but, but not knowing what, it's almost like the feminine be trying to be the masculine. Mm-hmm. And so what I've been really struggling with, and a lot of women is how do we feel okay with what we've done so far? And, you know, if we're all, if, if we're light workers and we're here for a mission and there's almost like a, like there's this push within me and I'm sure within you that it's not complete yet, obviously. (laughs) And there's like, and I think that's the only thing that drives me on here is, is this thing of like, well, maybe it's in being that I don't do anything. And that is actually what I'm here to do, or is it in doing? So how do we, as like the the women that are listening, I I don't think I'm being very clear actually, even in my questioning, but how do we begin to feel comfortable in doing less and how, you know, when is that enough? Like, does this make sense to you that that's the masculine in me is asking that question? Yes. And, you know, most Western civilizations, I'm going to tell you what it comes down to is value. And there's a lot of external value that's put on merit and doing and achievement. So if you have a consensus value system that's putting worth on that, you're going to be driven to accomplishment in order to feel validation. So that's validation that comes from the outside in. And now that's masculine energy. Like when you build, that's a, you know, like an architect building a building. Here it is. It's drawn out on a map, on a piece of paper, and you show it to those who are going to build it and you create it. And then you see the finished product. It's beautiful. It's amazing. That's masculine energy. Um, It's outside in, but this feminine energy is different because it's not in the doing, it's in the being. And I want to talk about value because astrologically what's happening with Uranus in Taurus, which is happening, we've got a few more years of this. 
the last time it happened was the Great Depression. And that's about security and value. And it disrupted the whole economic system when that happened. And so that's happening now, except for the North Node is there, which means it's a faded time where it's beyond just the political and economic system. Yes, it is that too, but it's also the embodiment of value and the embodied value is not a monetary currency. True currency is energetic. Yes, it can be money, but it's also everything else. And so if you're in that place of magnetic energy, which is feminine energy, which is ovulation, conception, these non-doing receptive surrender states, you enter a, a, a space of Tantra. And Tantra is really, in a very mundane, practical way to describe it, is being in intimate relationship with all of life in every moment without needing to, to do anything because you realize you are the Holy Grail or the divine vessel and everything that needs to be done is being done through you as a vehicle. And what the energy that moves through you is that Christ consciousness. The energy that you embody with the awareness of not needing to do and feeling like you've done enough or you're worthy and just being is the Shekinah. And they work together. They're, they're one and the same, but they have a little bit of a different vibration. But they're both a, a level of, of consciousness. And so for anyone looking to make that shift or transition, it's really important to look at what your primary value systems are, where you got them from, and how you're participating in them currently and today, whether it's in your family dynamic or the role you play or in your, um, your job and, um, or in your, you know, greater family constellation, you know, what are you doing to get external validation to show worth? Because often with women, there is a deep wound of, um, and this is through time, that deep wound of, of just being as, as less than or inferior or vulnerable or um, for women who are a little magical, this witch, this witch wound of persecution, if they allow themselves to soften into their day-to-day tantra or magic of just appreciating the sound of the wind on the leaves or you know, the, the, the sweetness of the honey in the cup of tea that they drink in the morning or like that mother-child bond of just being and bearing witness to that curiosity. Like there's been a lot of external um, demonizing of basic female principles. And so I, I think that many women have that and, um, and it's a lot of correlation to the family dynamics of what you were taught as, uh, you know, a young child. For me, I was one of, one of five. The more I did and the more perfect I could be in my family constellation, the more attention I got. The attention I got for the things that I did, masculine energy, performance, here's my architecture plan here. I built the building. Do you see it? Do you love me? That attention equaled love. 
if I didn't do anything and I was just in my feminine energy as a child, well, I also have a history of trauma and physical abuse and molestation. If you don't speak up for yourself, someone's going to, someone's going to repress you. Someone's going to violate your physical boundaries. You have no strength as a woman. We are, we are physically not as strong. You know, so that on a somatic embodied level brings up how can you possibly have worth or strength if you're the, if you're weaker physically, you know, so we overcompensated with other things because of course we're brilliant and intelligent and can be more so than men. So using those other things has brought a lot of imbalance. You know, as you're saying this, my, my next book is kind of beginning to come through and I've had in the last few years, some very intense experiences with specific women mm-hmm. and they were so unusual. I mean, I, I, I didn't know how I found these women or they just literally showed up at my front door and that's the truth. And in each of their experiences, I was like, why did I go through this? So one of them, for example, she, she shot herself in the head and she came to my door and I had never, I'd seen her in community circles and I'd never had anything to do with her. And then she died six months later, another girl. Um, and so, so I saw her coming out of her heart center through this programming of depression. Right. So I'm bringing this up because I feel like we all have a sabotage, you know, little thing we go to, whether it's, you know, a dominatrix who likes to control and control her environment and control her husband and control her life and and just, just control the fear she feels inside. Right. There's that's one type Mm -hmm. of woman. Then there's the woman who goes into constant depression that, you know, of just complete sadness into mental illness. That's the woman who shot herself. Another woman I met um, was a part of the Mooney's cult and she showed up at my door and in, in her, her programming was constantly getting attention through her body and sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Now, all, and so all of these are really great. That's why I'm bringing up the seven, seven sins is they're very great examples of these different ways that we can go so deep out of ourselves, out, you know, deep down these paths of depression, of sabotaging, of control, of fear, right? And then, and then away from our heart. But all of those things, like, I mean, they not only take them, take us out of our feminine, but they're also part, part of the story of taking us back into our mind. I mean, does this make sense what I'm, I'm just going on this tangent kind of, of like, the different ways that women tend to leave their heart and also tend to sabotage it when they do get there. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. And um, I'm going to say this, um, and this is something that was shared in Costa Rica on my most recent kind of spiritual sabbatical was that you can be, in your heart and in your mind at the same time. So that's here. And I do believe that 2022 is, is bringing in the energy to, to really feel how, you know, when you are embodied and not polarized into one of those archetypes of control or over-sexuality or whatever it is that your go-to is for safety, um, that you can remain the vessel to connect with the mind too and do and stay in both places at once. But the most important part is to not fear being, being in the heart and that the heart level, there's just layers and layers of it. 
of how deep you can go to it. And just a, just a note on what you had mentioned before uh, Guru Jagat, like I don't know her much um, and I haven't followed her much of her work, but, but what I kind of intuitively got from her is that is a road that the feminine can take in its exploiting femininity. It is exactly. It's, it's this boss bitch mentality, which um, is a corruption, which is a corruption to our to our authentic nature, our embodied nature. Yeah. Well, I mean, just so everyone is listening, she is my teacher. I love Guru Jagat, but since her death, I have been really looking at different archetypes of the feminine, which I just mentioned before, mm -hmm. in all forms. And Guru Jagat always said, there is just not a good example on earth of what it means to be feminine. There isn't. Mm -hmm. And so she was trying to create it. But what I have realized since her death is she was trying to create it based on what a man is. Mm -hmm. And what a man is, is, you know, the doing the constant like striving to do more and create more. Now she had a short period on this earth and she had to get a lot done. And I do believe that she knew that and was ending soon. So she was in a panic and within her aura, all the people that were with her got a lot done too. And since her, her death, I have felt a, a bit of a, a relief around the pressure to, to perform and create mm -hmm. and to do, because I wrote three books in like three years and I was mm -hmm. going and going and going and now I don't feel that level of a pressure, but I'm also moving deeply into my feminine. Mm. And so I'm bringing up these different examples of women, not because they're bad or they're good, but because I've learned so much from them. Mm -hmm. The tendency for like the, the, my, the friend that, or not the woman that came to me before she died and she killed herself, the, the tendency for us, you know, she would go from it, life is okay to the, you know, the polarization to, to, to deepest depression, but that was how she also got attention when she was little. And really? so we all have to find within ourselves these, these, these feminine polarities, you know, of the, the dominatrix control, you know, that's a very strong thing and we do that with men we 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 want to control them i mean a lot of us do that in different forms and then we think that that's going to come through that dom behavior and i hate to say that i don't know the it's just an example i do you know what i'm saying i i do um and i think a lot of what you're talking to also correlates to um in psychology the four attachment styles you know in the way that we navigate relationships interpersonal relationships and sometimes it's like um, avoidant. Sometimes it's like that highly empathic. We do, we do everything. Sometimes it's a little bit of this anxious style where it's a little bit of both. And then there is the secure attachment, but until the seeds of that, um, behavior are pulled out or dealt with or looked at, they'll continue to run on autopilot. Most people are running on what was seeded between ages zero to eight in the subconscious mind. So things like hypnotherapy and past life regression, transformational soul work, that's a lot of stuff that I do. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy, all of those can help to access and remove some of those limitations of behaviors that this, this self-saboteur kind of energy that we don't even know is taking place where those energies can be brought into the light 
And once they're brought into the light, you know, they're removed. And an experience that I had in Costa Rica personally on my recent trip was a lot of it was around physical fear because I've had physical abuse. I've had, you know, sexual molestation as a child, um, had very strong authoritative father. I had to fight for attention within my family constellation. So that sense of fear has put me on edge and to stay in control of my environment. You know, I, I play the bitch. I have big energy. I have big, powerful, fierce energy. People, people don't always approach me. I'm not the softest, gentle, gentlest woman when you first see me. And so it's been a protective armoring or mechanism and to move through that, to pull out the seeds of fear feels like anything that gets released or removed, you have to feel it somatically in your cells before it actually releases. And for me, it, it, it feels like death. And 2021 oh, yes. for me, 2021 for, for me, the, you know, and rewiring my own conscious beliefs and patternings and relationship to trauma has been dying a lot in my mind and grieving. And I have been in my own polarity of one extreme to the other. But I think a lot of people are going to continue to experience this bipolar energy as the energy stabilizes. Although 2022 is a year of stability, where 2021 was a lot of mutable energy, a lot of changing, a lot of... Um, transition and fluctuation 2022 is anchoring and that is feminine energy once like even conception once you have implantation that's it everything the divine intelligence of the body takes place and what do you do as a mother you just allow it to happen and then you just get to bear witness you know obstetrics is to watch is to stand by is to perceive and to into witness and so that divine witness is that Shekinah feminine energy that we all have. And to not abandon our own feminine energy means we don't jump out and start, you know, doing a bunch of stuff. And something I come into contact with in the medical um, workplace is with first trimester pregnancies and miscarriage. It happens all the time. The women will come in and I'm intuitive and can read their energy there's so much anxiety in their body, which is in a fearful mental state. It creates division in the body. It's a dysregulated nervous system that's in fight or flight. There's no way that, you know, a child, unless they have this contract, sacred contract to be born into an environment like this will survive. So a lot of those fetuses are coming out. You know, I think, and I've had, I've seen so many miscarriages in 2021. I, ca I can't even tell you. Yes, um, I, how did too. I had so many, so many, especially in COVID. So many. Um, but you know, when you were talking before about the sabotager within you, right? I was looking back at the one I released in 2021 I also see it, and, and those are that are listening, I also saw, it's also my superpower. And so it's, which is really, and I hadn't ever actually seen it like that until you said that, because so my, one of my sabotagers is I move so quickly. I mean, I make a decision and I mean, I, I can make a, my mind says this is going to happen and within a week it'll happen. And mm -hmm. that is also scary. Because there's the greatness part of that. So when I need to like buy a house, move a mountain to decorate or, 
you know, like get my kids safety or like it, but it's, it's my fight or flight that can also destroy things. And so I also Mm -hmm. have, you have to look at your sabotager. You may be living in your sabotager right now, which it may be, you go to your story or you go to, you know, hating your family or whatever your wound is, your, your, the thing that keeps your sabotager alive. And then you, it it becomes your superpower. So you think it's great and you're so, and and that's how your unconscious and your dark side will keep it going because it becomes so powerful. It it becomes your superpower. Like it makes mountains moves in all these different forms. And maybe it's you becoming angry and controlling the room. And then everyone just shuts up because they're afraid of talking. Or maybe it's like you, like me, like you move too quickly and then everything gets done. So it looks like, oh, I wrote three books, but actually that's also like exhausting and very male, right? Or making a decision on personal things that are just like dating the wrong men when I went through that. You know, that's, Mm. but then the the part of me that's healing that is just the part of me that's slowing down. And so you, and I talk about this in Alchemy of of Becoming, but you have to find out what that sabotager is. And it usually hides as your biggest strength. And that's what's freaking scary is because it you it's so much a part of you. You can't separate it out until you're like, holy crap, maybe this isn't serving me anymore. Like my ability. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my ability to move on is scary. Like my ability to be like, I'm going to move apartments or I'm going to move this country. I'm going to move relationships and I can cut off. And and that and I that can be looked at on the polarity as like that's very cool strength. You can you can move quickly, or it can be like, wow, you are you take a knife and you can throw it. You know, so it's like all of us women really need to look at these sides of ourselves where we are, you know, there's we go so polar, right? Do you agree what I mean? Mm, yeah, I do. And that's what I was speaking about when I gave these examples of these various women that I'm gonna write about in my book, which is why I met them, these really intense examples of the feminine mm. and how they they go back and forth between the neutrality to the these polar opposite par- parts of their personality, which then destroys them and keeps them in their mind. Right. And the, tru- the truth is to lose the superpower and to lose the limiting belief under it presents itself with an opportunity of losing self, of an identity crisis. Like that is the reality of it. And it's a process. It doesn't always just happen overnight. You know, those are usually long-standing behaviors and patterns that need guidance and assistance and support to navigate through completely. Um, you know, I've done so much work in groups and it's been incredibly helpful for me, so much stuff gets processed exponentially more quickly in that way, or at least working with someone one-on-one. And, and something I've noticed in the last couple of years is a lot of people are walking a lonely road and trying to do it by themselves. And that is that place where people can become suicidal or people can have these huge fluctuations and not know who they are and have an identity crisis and not want to live anymore. Like those are the very real, the very real experiences. And so it's important to prepare for them and important to say, okay, here is this limiting thing. How is it working out and allowing that process to unfold? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm using this superpower. I'm fierce. I'm a boss bitch. You know, I show up 
get things done like you and like people get out of my way. But the true need, I mean, that's a protection mechanism, but the true need and desire of my soul, of my feminine energy is that of a child is actually to be held, to be seen and to be witnessed and to witness other people. And so for a lot of women to truly be seen, you know, because women can be, we're, um, you know, also often like objectified or identified with the way that we look, right? So to actually truly be seen at a heart level is frightening because everything is there. It's true vulnerability. And for someone to actually for me to look at me and see me fully and completely, like all of my energy is exposed, my mental energy, my emotional energy, my sexual energy, my child energy, all of my fears are there. But then there's also this very effervescent childlike energy that's also there and children are all, always there in that space and of course we are full spectrum we have a lot of archetypes playing at once within us um you know but for me that being witnessed wholly and totally in my feminine energy is like wow but that space is where I actually can feel who I truly am my embodied feminine power that doesn't need to do anything when someone actually looks at me and sees it it's all there. It just starts pouring out of me. There's nothing I need to do in order for someone to have an experience of that, of, of me, of the energy that runs through me. And we're all like facets of crystals, right? We all have a different reflection and a different way that we shine light. And that's the beauty of it when we can connect and we're not trying to control or dominate, which is masculine energy. When we can allow space for community and connection and bear witness to each other, it makes it a, a softer, more of a middle ground to journey from the head to the heart and not get into that space of like total identity crisis where, you know, it can be overwhelming. You know, when you say this, the one thing I think about is your, in order to create a reality. So like, this is, I'm going to, we're going to circle back to like the community aspect you were just talking about. In order to create a reality, like a belief system, let's say I believe in the vaccine or I don't believe in the vaccine, I will then find a community that confirms my beliefs around the vaccine. If I want to believe in it, I'll find people that do. And if I don't want to believe it, I'm going to find people that don't. And then I'm going to say, see, I'm confirmed, right? And so if I want to be in my sabotager personality, I can find a group that confirms that. That, that confirms that moving fast, creating a lot too, you know, like being, you know, like moving like a, like a rocket is like great. It's super successful. I can also find a group that's like slow down. And so when you're in whatever mode you're in, notice who you go to, to confirm your reality. And notice as your consciousness changes and you no longer need that reality confirmed, you don't really go to anybody. And, and actually you're okay to not be on the phone. And, and you may have some days where like women always have some days where they need to talk, 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 talk. And there's some days that you don't, right? Because we move into different moon centers and our, and our fluctuations with ourselves. But notice when you, you know, do get into those fear things, like 
this is also just randomly coming up, but like halt, like, are you hungry? Are did you drink alcohol? Did you work out? Did you do what did, you know, those are the things like, are you going into your sabotager because your basic needs aren't met? Mm-hmm. And are you going to people to confirm that sabotager and notice who you go to, to confirm your reality? Do you, do you know what I'm saying by this? This is something to really think about because none are any of those people really your friends because the real friends will always contrast, you know, they won't necessarily agree with you. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll hold space for you to go through your thing, but they'll say, you know, have you thought about it this way? And, and it's good to hold those kind of people around you, especially when you're going through an awakening process so that you're challenged a little bit, like you were saying. So I just wanted to say it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, we are, it's the age of Aquarius, which is about community and it's a find your tribe and love them kind of time. And it's not going to be over anytime soon. And so, you know, for myself, I definitely have a network of women um, that I can connect to in a very authentic, transparent way. Uh, And that is essential. Um, They, and, and I don't always talk to them. They're always there. I can feel them and sense them. Um, and I do a lot of uh, inner work with solitary reflection. I don't look for outside validation. But when I do, I have those that I can reach out to, to, to help um, have guidance and receive a little bit different information. But just having a few people, <clears throat> like even three people, two or three people, your tribe, your, your ride or dies or your trues, is so um, is really helpful during this time, and it will continue to be. And those that don't judge you, you know, like I think I have a couple of childhood friends, and we've just been friends forever. And I don't, we talk to each other maybe twice a year at that, but they're there, and we hold a bond. We went through some of our teenage years together, and it was crazy. And we all have different lives now, but there's something of our essential nature that we experienced when we were together. And so those relationships for me anyway, have been valuable. So I stay connected to them. And then there's new people. I mean, you're one of them that, that are in this emerging reality that are connected to what I feel like my soul mission is at this time that I can also connect to. And and I think having that at this time is really important. So nobody has to walk alone so that we can be in community with each other. And we have touchstones of, of um, grounding in 2022 will be a time of fixed energy because there can be a lot of um, the North node is in Taurus, which is feminine. It is earthy. It is fixed energy. And do you see anything coming up in the next, like any more explosions in the next 10 years? Like any, you said great depression. You said like these words Mm. over the next, like, I don't know 10 years is probably too far, but like five years, like what can we just expect more of the same? Yes, we can expect more of the same probably for the next four or five years, four years for sure, Um, especially with the economy, with politics, with humanity. There's going to be, you know, it's like a global past life regression or shadow work where everything is coming up to the surface and it's coming up to the surface to be released. The same thing that we would do on an individual level with our own trauma, our own experiences as children or wherever we've had problems in our life is happening on a global collective. So that stuff is emerging and coming to the front and we're all part of it. So we're all playing our individual role, you know, so it's taking place simultaneously. But, you know, one of the things like for this year, anyway, that I feel 
is going to be big um, is March and April. I like right now, what's happening now, January 18th, um, tomorrow, well, today actually, you're on this goes direct. So from now until March is almost like a, still a reflective time. We're still assimilating and reflecting on what happened in 2020 and 2021. And the energetic new year will actually start in March, on March 2nd. So that's when I think there's going to be a lot of um, influx of the Shekinah energy, of this feminine energy that's going to um, give us an opportunity to ground in and soften in to a very supportive place to be in our divine feminine energy. Until then, we're still kind of like, it's like grist for the mill. We're still churning in our minds about some things and things that have occurred and how we would like to proceed forward. And like what you were saying before, like, you know, identifying your saboteur and how that plays out and how it can be your superpower and just kind of listing and itemizing the things that don't serve you any longer and also acknowledging what's underneath it. What is that, that quality of self that you think is your highest vibration of that and how can you imagine embodying that and what does it feel like to you what does it look like if you were to think okay what's my best characteristic or my most um you know divine feminine attribute and how can I see that in motion how can I see that and feel it inside myself how does it interact in the world in my family and my job um and it's a it's a softer place and it's much slower also much slower. Um, and it's funny because when you drop into, or at least when I drop into my deep feminine space, that's very slow and isn't efforting and doing a lot of things. It's almost like I can actually see everything taking place and there's nothing that I need to do. It literally happens. That's the space of magic. That's like what they call in metaphysics as the zero point, you know, so March, um, second and all the way through April, we're all going to get a lot of energy that will show you what's coming in for you specifically over the next four years as we continue to go through this collective transformation. Um, and a lot of that is in masculine and feminine energy. So, hey, like, how can you look at this in a mundane reality? Like, what, what are your relationships with your partner? Do you have one? Who are the partners that you typically attract? What have been the problems? What's your relationship with your father? Um, how have you exploited your own feminine energy? All of those questions will come up to be reflected on to see if they serve you in the new foundation as we move forward. And there's a lot of unknown still, but the way to find safety and security is inside the self. So whether you're pro-vax or anti-vax, how do you not look out to communities that are going to validate your feelings? How can you validate your feelings within yourself because your own masculine and feminine duality supports it wholly? And from that space, whatever is new is being born. And that's the child. Can be physical child, can be energetic child, can be a book, can be an experience, can be a whole shift in revolution in identity you know it can take form in a lot of different ways you know as you said that one thing that I thought about is you can a woman I noticed in myself I can't get almost everything done in a couple of days so like I just moved into this house and I designed it I renovated it designed it I rented out my house in Brooklyn I you know I I I did a lot I moved my kids to a new school and I did it in like a month, right? I probably could have gotten everything done in a total of four days. 
And the the part of me that wastes my feminine energy is the part of me that brings that into every other day. Because we're so powerful, we can essentially, like, I can essentially write a book in three weeks. Mm -hmm. That's just who I am, right? But it's the part of me that wants to ruin, like, that's the masculine that can come out and just do the thing. But I think sometimes as women, when we uh, lengthen that and make it neurotic, where like I'm like the part of me that made the process of moving neurotic is the part of me that Mm -hmm. had to enter into that masculine every single day. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, is the difference of catching the masculine feminine. As you were saying, I was thinking, oh, you know, that if if we have moments where we're in our masculine and it happens and we get it all done because we're so quick and we're so good at it. I mean, most of us can run it. Um, about 15 things at once, get it done. But it's the the sabotagers, the neurotic part of us is the part that has to like teeter with it or control it or think about it or talk about it or get into it every single day, ruining the joy of how powerful we are. Does that make sense? Like that ruining that power that just can come out in four days. So that's one thing I just learned from our conversation today that I'm probably <laughs> going to just try to do things like maybe I have a set day that I'm in my masculine mm. and then maybe three days just doing nothing in my feminine because right now I'm not working and it's very, very hard for me not to work. Um, the next thing I was going to say was ask, I had one more question. Oh yes. This is a really good question before we kind of close for the women that are maybe in that relationship and they're going to conceive and this is the year of the child and they're afraid to because the world may fall apart, right? I get that Mm -hmm. a lot. Like, I mean, how can we do this with all these vaccines or all of this fear, all of this thing? Like, we don't know, we don't know anything. And like, you're going to bring another child in. And I know that there is fear around that for a lot of women. How can, you know, the astrology of the future, like, what do you tell them? Well, I would say that (laughs) those that conceive have been chosen to conceive and it's because their energy is a match for the children that are coming in. And the space that will be able to hold the energy that's coming in in the most grounded way is that is the feminine it's you know like I said I had a lot of miscarriages last year that were women who as soon as they got on the table I could feel the anxiety in them like their nervous systems were totally dysregulated and so coming back to that space of non-doing um how do we regulate our nervous system how do we come back to that place of safety and surrender which is feminine energy it's I mean even in orgasm it's total release and it's released to pleasure. And one thing that I've, I've also learned is how do we surrender using that feminine energy to that which is uncomfortable in our lives? It becomes a yoga or a practice, and that yoga is union. And union is with the divine, the divinity of ourself with the greater divine. And so staying in connection to that stream or flow of energy is what is going to be, um, I think, the most supportive for the beings that are coming through and for those who, who want to conceive. But the other thing is this too, is that sometimes the beings that are coming in are contracted with their parents to help 
change the consciousness of their parents. So they can come in and there can be a pregnancy that's high risk or false starts and stops with like early trimester bleeding or cramping or things that come up that help to um, bring that parent or that mom back into the heart so that she can release some of those limiting factors and beliefs energetically in the body to, to become a, um, a non-hostile place for this being, you know, so some of, some of those that conceive will already be homes that are stable for these beings to come and just pass through. And then there are other beings that are coming in to assist the, the actual parents transform into the new energy that they'll work together with when the family constellation develops. Thank you. Yeah. Um, how can women find you? You can find me at my website, melodymysticjoy.com. I am also on Instagram at Melody Mystic Joy and Facebook as well as Melody Mystic Joy. So if anybody would like a session with you to talk about astrology or any somatic training or healing, which is very powerful reader and just in general, great, great at reading your chart. So they can, they just DM you on Instagram. Yep. Instagram or on my website. And I am actually offering a special for two weeks um, for chart reading. So people can jump in and have a taste if they um, want to just do a 30 minute session. That'll be going on for the next two weeks. Okay. And then your Instagram handle again is Melody Mystic Joy. Mel at Melody Mystic Joy. Thank you for speaking. That was great. Yeah.